tonight he is known as Dr. Dimension, a.k.a. Danny Bonanza, a.k.a. Dan Hanf. They are the hosts of Sumo Kaboom, Leslie and Laurie Collins. And I'm your host, Larry. day of July, 6.05 p.m. Eastern, 2021. Dan, welcome back. Leslie and Lori, welcome to the show. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Larry. <laughs> yes. Uh, thank you for being here. We are talking sumo today. Yeah! And... I- my cheeks hurt from that intro. <laughs> and it's so delightful. It's a subtle intro. Isn't it was it? Yeah. very yes. understated. You have yeah. such a lovely tenor, like a lovely high pitched tenor voice. I was like, this guy could sing opera. He has like a natural ring. Oh but I was laughing. It was so fun. It was so fun. But- it rewards the discerning listener, that intro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, no one, yeah, if you're listening, you, you can't skip ahead 30 seconds. You want to hear the intro. You do. Yeah. So, um, Leslie, Lori, why don't you tell us a little bit about your podcast and how you got into sumo wrestling? Oh, okay. What do you, you want to go first or you want me to go first? Okay, I'll go first. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Well, okay, so <clears throat> I say it was more than 20 years ago. Like my first professional job was working at Tokyo Disneyland. And so I went and I lived in Japan for about a year. And when I was there, I saw a live tournament. And so when I came into sumo, there was a lot of hype because especially for Americans, because I came in with Akibono and Musashimaru and Kunishiki was just coming out. So like we had two big, huge American Yokozuna and I was in Tokyo and I was watching sumo. So- Well, what were you you doing at Tokyo Disneyland? (laughs) That's really the important thing. (laughs) I was singing big band music, like in a show called Swing and Sing and Tap Dancing. So um, it was like four Japanese and four Americans. And we did a whole bunch of like American standards. And we had like a 17 piece orchestra with us on stage. Wow. Tokyo Disney does it better than any other theme park in the world. They have so much money, but it's so, it was a really, really fun time. I had like the best time in my life, like living outside the country and like soaking up all this culture and the people. And I just loved it. So, yeah. So um, once I got hooked to sumo, it's also really easy to kind of pick up and understand, even if you don't speak Japanese. And I didn't speak Japanese Mm -hmm. at the time. And um, there was like one or two channels on TV and they were always playing like during tournaments, they would be playing the matches. And so I got into it also that way. And those were the only ones that actually had English language, like that was English language television. So I was watching a lot of sumo Uh, and then um, cut like another 20 years. Like once I left Japan, I mean, this was like kind of, I mean, the internet was there, but like, that's when like people were like, it just wasn't the internet, you know, today there were were, like the beginning of the internet. Yeah. 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 Um, So there was no way to watch sumo. And so really it was a few years ago, I got back into sumo because Uh, I saw when I was living in Los Angeles, I didn't have cable. And so I was just finding on like my Apple TV, there was this uh, app called the NHK World News Network. And it had all this Japanese like cool programming. And um, so, yeah, I ended up uh, watching Sumo and getting hooked again in that way. That's, That's my story of how I like started and like 
now kind of where I am, but yeah. And I got, I got hooked in. I honestly, I just walked through a room when Leslie was watching <laughs> Sumo. Yeah. And at first I thought, what are you watching? That is the weirdest thing I'd ever seen. And Leslie pointed me to Sumopedia online. And so I started watching, you know, those little snippets they put out about what it is that you're watching there. It's all these educational things. And the more I watched the, the cooler it got. I always tell people Sumo is like a little Russian doll because you crack one thing and it leads to another thing that you're yeah. curious about and it leads to another and another, and there's so much to learn yeah, it's about like Sumo. All history and culture and like that's originally what drew me in is just I was fascinated by it but also the sport's pretty easy to understand but it's beautiful yeah. and so yeah, but nobody, like my mom and dad would walk through the room and they'd be like, what is this? But <laughs> she got, I have to say she got hooked when she saw Hakaho. Oh yeah, like, so once you have was my entry. Yeah, once you have your your wrestler, like you've picked yeah. your pony, like there's well, no I should say back. Mitake Yumi was really my first yeah. love. But then I saw, and I can't remember which tournament it was, but it was a tournament where Hakaho went 15 and 0. And then I was like, who oh, is this, this is guy? the most kick-ass thing I've ever yeah. seen. I am in 100%. Yeah. Yeah. And so then when the pandemic happened, when COVID hit, we had just taken a class on how to podcast, how to like work the sound and all that kind of stuff. And so then we had like a full year to sit at home and do nothing else but podcast. And I, I know what that's like. <laughs> yeah. So then we got really into it for that yeah. year. Yeah. Well, and one thing that should be clarified. So we record in our parents' closet because we are two grown <laughs> two grown women who live at home with like our 80 year old parents. <laughs> yeah. So I moved home from Los Angeles kind of a couple of months before the pandemic began. And so it made no sense to kind of move out. So we have been like in this family unit, kind of like we haven't been since like you left for college Yeah, yeah. and just like, what do we do? And so, yeah, the, the podcast came out of that and it's actually been cool. It's like, we do it every week and it's research and, We've met lots of really cool people and it's it's been really fun to do. Yeah, how did you get into sumo? <laughs> well, so Dan, because I think you had a similar experience of getting into it during the pandemic. Yeah, I uh, was just kind of navigating around on Twitch one night and a Twitch channel was recommended to me that was playing live sumo uh, during, this would have been... I think the the November 2020 Basho maybe, and I I thought sumo wrestling that's that's cool I'll watch that for a little while and I clicked into it and everybody in the chat was so enthusiastic and they yeah. were just throwing out so much knowledge about what was happening and people were asking questions and getting the questions answered and I thought this is great I love this. And the Russian doll analogy is, I agree 100%, because as I, I watched, I ended up tuning in every night uh, and just learned and learned and learned. And uh, I made a, a, a parody song about sumo um, for a friend of mine. I'm from Charleston, South Carolina, originally. A friend of mine down in Charleston was doing a digital comedy show, and he called me one day, and we were talking, and I said, I've been watching a lot of sumo, and he said, <laughs> tell me about that. And we started talking, and eventually, it. I, what ended up happening is I made a parody of the song Talking Baseball, but all about sumo, and I researched it as much as I could, and I, I put together all the rhymes and everything, and from there, I just went on and on and on and i've i've been keeping up with it ever since and just learning more and and trying to get more ingrained in it awesome welcome yeah. to the crazy club yeah thank you this yeah sumo fan yeah well i saw you guys you had interviewed john gunning on your show and you yep. were hanging out with uh with people down at a tournament in in austin or something a yeah. while ago yeah that's so cool yeah we went to the u.s sumo a national championship outside of Austin, Texas. Mm -hmm. That was our first time we ever went to one of the USA national sumo championships. It was super fun. That was in the beginning of June. Um, yeah. And we found that in the sumo world, 
everyone that we've reached out to has just been so kind and has agreed to an interview from John Gunning to Kanishki. Wow. Um, Yeah. We couldn't believe it. And yeah, even, even it's not like we had to beg. They were just like, sure. Yeah. I don't know if everyone's been in a pandemic that they're like, yeah, we'll talk. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But we were like really pleasantly surprised and more than anything, the content and just how honest they like both of those guys were, um, kind of blew my mind. And I, I don't think when we started this thinking we were going to be able to even talk to anyone in Japan or yeah. have any sort of connection to anybody in higher ups and production or media there. So we were delighted that um, people wanted to talk to us. Yeah. And I don't know, maybe it's because we're two kooky Texas ladies, but um, <laughs> it's been, it's been really, really fun. Like a whole community, even, even when we were in Austin, we, we have lots of people follow us that are just sumo fans, but we also have lots of wrestlers, like people in America that really are doing this as a hobby or as, you know, as a sport that they're pursuing. And so we had never really been able to interact with actual wrestlers here until that moment in time. So that was what was like really, really cool about that tournament is we were common commentating but also just meeting like all these people that were flying in for every, everywhere that had such similar passion and love for the sport and it was like oh my god i'm in a room full of other sumo nerds that's so cool so that's so cool yeah and and i got into it through this talking sumo parody video (laughs) wow (laughs) yeah i i saw dan post it and dan and i already knew each other and the video is great you have to see it i'll i'll uh send a link right after this but please do um it was enough to, because I've covered a few weird sports on here, like uh, a lot of sports that actually are played in the world games that don't quite make it to the Olympics. Like now I know sumo wrestling is a world game sport. Um, yes. So I was like, Dan, you want to come on, talk about sumo a bit? And we did that. I knew nothing. I um, asked him all these questions. Every time he said the name of a Rikishi, I had to repeat it and yes. to finally... The but other guest me. said, oh, you actually know and, and like this sport? <laughs> I said, yeah, <laughs> I do. So then that was before the May Boss show. And so I, it got me intrigued enough to watch the, the like recaps, the 20 minute mm-hmm. recaps on, uh-huh. on YouTube, yeah. the Nato Sumo account. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and it was like, oddly more more interesting than i thought it would ever be right i love how you started that with oddly (laughs) it's so unlike any other sport in america yeah it has a way of just grabbing you by the mawashi (laughs) (laughs) well i think it's so exciting because you know, in the world of professional sumo, there are no weight classes. So what's really fascinating to me, and like you're fat, she's a yogi. So she's fascinated with just what their bodies and their muscles and how all of that forms to become that. But I, I was drawn in by the fact that like, you can have somebody who is 400 pounds and he can so easily be beaten by a guy who's like five seven you know the, the big guy's 400 like it's you know joe somebody who's six foot or taller and really big can be beaten by a little guy who's like literally my height and maybe a little bit more weight and so it's really like mentally stimulating to go like how is he working the center of gravity for his opponent like it's just so fascinating once you actually look into how the sausage is made like how they make like those super quick bouts happen with the wins and losses it's just fascinating it's a it's an onion to to unpeel is yeah, that yeah, another yeah. one yeah yeah, yeah it's a russian onion, onion. Yeah. onions yeah. Russian inside of onion. onions yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So, no, I, I'm the person now, like just yesterday, I was watching, there was a Hakaho Haramafuji fight. Um, it was 2017. It was another one where, it was it 2017? Uh, now I'm doubting myself on the year. But it was another one where Hakaho went 15-0. and 0, And on the last day, he fought Haramafuji. And it was a long bout. It was like 90 seconds, which is wow. very, very long yeah. in the sumo world. And to watch these two masters of this sport go at it, I got so fascinated. I watched it like three times in a row at how like they were each keeping their center of balance so low 
so that whenever one of them pushed, he could not push the other one out because he would just every time lower that center of balance. I'm fascinated by that. Well, also, and I'm fascinated. They're two Yokozunas, but they're both Mongolian wrestlers. Yeah. So I love to watch uh, just the Mongolian style. You know, it it's, it's, it's like grittier, you know? It's just years of bulk, which is the Mongolian wrestling. But because we, we did an episode on Mongolian wrestling, which is also like crazy fascinating but to know that like who our best yokozunas have been over the last 10 years have all been mongolians or, except for kiseno sato um but to watch them and how they fight is just it's just a little i think it's a little different you know it's just very well-rounded but just like you don't know what tricks are going to come out so like you at any moment you know the guy's names now right larry yes uh well some of them i know wakataka gage well done. Uh, you love Kage. Actually, well, his name. Dan. And his brother is Wakabataharu and Waka. Waka okay. Wakabataharu, Wakatakage, Wakataka. No, Moto. Wakataka Moto. Yeah. They're three brothers. <laughs> They're all wrestling right now and they all have great names. You know Terano Fuji, then obviously. I do. Yeah. Terano okay. Fuji had a great May. He, yeah. Oh, I loved watching him last, Basho. So let, yeah, let's actually talk about Teru's May um, because I haven't talked to anybody since watching it, and because um, you can't talk to anybody about it. <laughs> I, yeah, to be honest, like nobody. Right. They're like, what? What sport? Yeah. You can't like pick up the phone and be like, did you just see that fight? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's 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 uh, there's no like ringer sports page for it. Um, yet, yeah, not yet, not yeah. yet. That that yeah. Hopefully there that will be. come. Yes. So he he starts he's he starts off he's going undefeated right he's he's like ten and zero at a certain point in this mm-hmm. fifteen match basho and he I think it was his eleventh fight he seemingly wins but his hand just kind of brushed against the hair of yeah. his mm-hmm. opponent so he gets they they review it and it's a DQ and it's very controversial like I remember seeing it's a, a Dairy note. Queen. It's a dairy queen. <laughs> yeah. But- the old blizzard maneuver. <laughs> God blizzarded. No, I just wasn't familiar with that. Does that mean disqualified? It yeah. does, yes. Okay. Um, I don't know what they call it in Zuma. Is there a certain term for that? I guess. I, I'm yeah. sure there is. Yeah. I just know that in Texas, DQ is always DQ dairy queen. Is dairy yeah. queen. Yeah. Mm. Like, he got a dairy queen. Oh, that sounds yummy. Um, yeah, I yes. think I'm trying to think where I say DQ from for disqualification um is it football it's probably Soccer? it's probably from pro res- pro wrestling pro oh. not this amateur sumo stuff no but the, <laughs> yeah but the pro wrestling dq is very intentional uh you know using a foreign object or something of that sort oh. nothing like what taru did to this his opponent where his hand yeah. Yeah, Incident. he didn't pick up a steel chair or anything and start <laughs> whacking him. Well, what was interesting about that is that it was actually his own Oyakata, his his coach who made the objection that created the Manawi, I believe. Oh, right? wow. Because the Gyoji, the, who's the referee, the Gyoji already had given it to Terenufuji, but it was upon the, the uh, slow-mo replay that it, you can really see an intentional hair grab, but even if it's not intentional, even if your hand gets mixed up in the hair, it's still a disqualification. And I believe it was, I believe it was his coach who was a sideline judge called the Shimpan. He, I believe was the one to put up his hand. Mm-hmm. Wow. So he was the one to eject to it. And then once they did the mono meeting in the middle, in the middle, it, they reversed it because they could see that there was the objection. But I don't know if you know this, wrestlers actually, uh, like, doesn't Hako have the ability to um, object as well? Like, I don't know. I've never heard of that. If they do, I, I've seen him object before. Didn't I see him object? I he's might... ob- he has objected to a judge's call, right? And that's... he was ignored. When did oh yeah calls okay. against him? Like he objects no. to oh okay. no other 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 matches. Is but, that um... a um? Is that I a privilege be, you get as being a Yokozuna? You could no, or just anybody can. No, I don't think anybody can. No. I, it was looked down upon, as far as I understand. Whenever yeah. he I'd have has to done rack anything my brain. like that, I have seen him object, but I don't. I can't remember the circumstance. I'll have to. I'll have I, to. He has objected to his own matches. 
when he has lost mm. and people were not very happy about that. No. Well, he marches to the one. beat of his own drum, yeah. but he yeah. really is, if anybody's listening doesn't know anything about sumo, I like to tell people, I'm like, the greatest of all time is wrestling, maybe for the last time this yeah. last show. Yeah. So, okay, that's Hakuo, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay, so, because he didn't wrestle in the last one. Correct. I mean, he has He's... hardly wrestled this last year, but his yeah. intention was to retire last year with the, the Olympics. That was always what his goal was. So now that the Olympics got extended for another year he he showed up earlier this year kakaru too who was another recently retired yokozuna but they've been injured i mean they're 35 and they're yokozunas and their knees are shot so he has been hanging around and like tempting us that he's going to show up at each basho but <laughs> this is the one where he's going to show up and who knows if they'll make it the whole time but like this is this is it the last time he made it through he won yeah. Last time he made it through an entire tournament, he won. So he's still he can so still good. like yeah. he's he can that still deliver. much better than everybody else. Like just we- wait, just wait <laughs> until you see him in action. You have not seen anything like it. Well, I mean, him with a bum knee, like after just having surgery, is just so much better than just any of the top wrestlers. He's just that good. But um, but yeah, we don't have much more time with him. But I think it's all just to get him through the opening ceremonies of the Olympics. And then he's like, I've got to retire. <laughs> like, I can't go any longer. So if this is his last match, this is or his last Basho, he's going to give it his all. And mm-hmm. he, he could even could even risk injury and kind of mm-hmm. do it. Uh, did you watch Ted Lasso? Yes. yes. So the older player, Roy, wh- yeah. whatever his name is, how he yeah. like injures himself going for that slide tackle. That is like kind of last. That's going to be Hakuo. <laughs> it might be. But, you know, there's such a tradition of like, okay, so some of these wrestlers do push themselves to that point. Like Kisen Osato was the 70, he was like the last Yokozuna and he was Japanese and he retired only after being a Yokozuna for what, two or three years? Because for him to become a Yokozuna, he was willing to risk himself to the point of like, career ending uh, injury in which he did. And so as a Yokozuna, he couldn't perform as well as he needed to. So these guys had been working themselves like their whole entire careers to just be the point, I'm going to achieve this thing. I'm going to go out on top. I will friggin' ruin my body like forever for this moment. It's nuts. It's crazy. In a lot of ways, it seems like that's kind of the position Terra Fuji is in right yes. now too. It's, he's a time bomb with those knees, but he's yeah. he's like grasping for the Yokozuna potentially soon. Well, it's interesting because I've thought too about that. It's like, if he gets Yokozuna, then he has to show up the next boss show and he has to dominate. But the, mm. what he really needs to do, because he can't do it at any other level, he can't just peace out and like not lose rank. And only Yokozuna, you you can't lose your rank. Like Hakaho and like Kakaru have been able to take a year off and like heal when they've needed to. But that's what he needs. He needs to get Yokozuna so that he can take the time off and not lose his rank. And we would have him for a few more years. But it's, I mean, that's what this Basho is going to be all about. It's just, there's so, there's so much like high stakes going into this with Tedanafuji's Yokozuna run. And even with Hakaho, with Takakesho's yeah. Yokozuna run. I mean, the longer you watch Sumo, the more you understand these sort of long-term storylines because you watch these guys rise or you watch them rise and fall and you begin to track them over time. And like, you start to learn their whole stories like Ura, who is coming back to this highest level. Yeah, he's in tournament. Makuuchi, isn't he? Yeah, this, yeah he's uh, back in after years really being away. In 2017, he was, he and, was there, but. But he, his knees supposedly are even worse than Terano Fuji's. Oh no. Um, and he's, he's a little guy. And he's been a fan favorite because he's so small and because he's been injured several times, but has always climbed back up. Um, you know, he's got a lot of people rooting for him, but you wouldn't know that much about him if you're if you're new to the sport. You would just think, oh, there's a smaller guy in a pink Mawashi with huge knee braces. One of my story is. Yeah. Oh, but then if you look into it, you're like, oh my God, he's been this amazing wrestler. He's even won the 2013 World Combat Games 
gold oh, medal wow. in sumo wrestling with the most amazing throw ever. And he's come up to the top division several mm -hmm. times and gotten injured every time. And he's going to meet the same two guys that injured him the last two times he was up. Oh my God. It's like very all dramatic. of that. <laughs> it's kind of like sumo <laughs> soap opera. But the, the, the thing, <laughs> but in a good way. Your your listeners may not know because probably they're like, what the? What <laughs> they're like, get back to talking like, about even, basketball. I know. But if you understand like the stakes, okay, so the top two levels that these guys are all really trying to, they're trying to get into the very top level of wrestling, which is where you actually get a salary. And mm. then, so that's Makauchi. And that's how many wrestlers are there? 40, I don't know. Um, there's and 17. Jurio. Yeah. No, and Jurio has different numbers, but they also get a salary. Yeah. Anybody below the top two levels, they don't get squat. So it's really feast or famine. And so when you have been practicing or, or, you know, pursuing sumo since you're 15 years old and you go, I have been somebody else's servant. I have been cooking somebody else's food. I have been cleaning up after the, the higher ranked wrestlers for how many years you are clawing your way up to the top and from making no money and having no rights, you can't go on dates, you can't do anything as a lower ranked wrestler. So these guys, once they get up to the top level and then to be at the pinnacle, the tip, tip, top of the top level where you actually make great money and you get all the commercial deals, it's like, it's huge. It's just nobody here kind of understands, you know, the guys out there in Mawashis, they don't understand like the stakes that are kind of all built into the sport and um just how incredible of athletes these guys are but also to know that like what's on the line their careers their bodies like their take-home pay and you can't lose like if you are a high-ranked wrestler and you lose your rank like you may have a wife and kids and a fancy apartment and then all of a sudden you get injured you fall down to the bottom level and you 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 don't make any money so it's legit like high stakes. And I, I think that's another reason why like people don't understand why these guys go up there again and again, injured time and time again. And you're like, well, they're, <laughs> they've been doing this forever and they're trying to like pay for their life, you know? Yeah. That's amazing. I, 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 I knew a lot of that, but I had never put it together in that way. Um, that really is amazing. That's such dedication. And, and it, I, cause you're fighting against your own body too. The, a lot of Rikishi have like significantly shorter expected lifespan than kind of your average citizen. And so you're fighting against your fellow Rikishi, you're fighting against your own body, you're fighting against your, your own strength and power. That's, that's amazing. That's very poetic. Yeah. And yeah. such a interesting yeah. career arc. Cause it's just, by the time you get to Yokozuna, if you ever do, or to what was the rank before that? Ozeki. Ozeki. Um, like your career is probably almost over at that point. So it's it not like be. you get there in your prime. For, I guess Hakuo probably got there in his prime. He's yeah. been there since what, 2007? He's been Yokozuna? Yeah. Like, so he's been there for like 15 years, just like a long time. And that's why he kind of is is the greatest of all time. Um, we've had other amazing Yokozunas that have really dominated, but if you look at his record and how many U shows he's won and or tournament winnings, you know, how many times he's been runner up or won the whole dang thing, it's it's extraordinary. Nobody has that powerful of a, you know, like that winning of a career as him. Yeah. Well, and and the difficulty of actually achieving those highest ranks in Makauchi. Um, that's what makes Terna Fuji's story so amazing because he was an Ozeki and then with his injuries, he fell down to the very, very lowest ranks, was out for a long time. And he like just went down to like the bottom where you have to start back over and you're like fighting 12 year olds. Yeah, well, yeah you're <laughs> fighting kids. So you're yeah. really literally fighting 15 year olds who yeah. just 
signed up for sumo. But, <laughs> you know, then he he fights his way back up. He wins a tournament from Maigashira 17, which is basically last place. Of the top division. Of the top division. So he wins there and everybody's shocked. And then he just keeps rising and rising and rising. And everybody's sort of waiting for his knees to blow. But he just got his Ozeki status back, which means yet again, he is one of the best wrestlers of any man in the field. Not just once in his life, but twice. He came back up to that highest level. And now in July, he's fighting for that chance to become the top dog, Yokozuna. And if he doesn't make it now, chances are pretty rare that he'll make it again because you've got to get two wins in a row. Oh, is that the deal? Yes, you have to win yeah. two tournaments in a row or, or the equivalent to be able to become Yokozuna. So it's super difficult to do. It's really common for like one guy to win this tournament and then another guy to win another one, but for the same guy to win two in a row or the equivalent is so crazy wow. difficult. And if he pulls it off, he'll end up being the sole Yokozuna assuming that Hakuo retires. Right. Yes. That would be such an incredible thing to pull off. And he- Unless- unless Takakesho can also get the equivalent this time. And then there is a chance that we'll have two Yokozuna being promoted. It's slim. It's slim. But chances. it's possible. But it's, it is possible. Technically. Hey, anything then, can happen. Yeah. <laughs> well, they're they're, they're going to be needing Yokozuna. And there have been time periods where there's not a Yokozuna. Um, but uh, I think people want, people want new Yokozuna. Mm -hmm. It is amazing with as ancient a sport as sumo is, at least relative to other sports that are still being played in, in the modern times. It's uh, how incredible that we're seeing the like the greatest of all time now. It, it, how amazing is that? Yeah. How fortunate are we? Yeah. I know. It's pretty cool. I'll just be sad to like not have him around i mean he hasn't officially announced his retirement but the guy can't wrestle forever <laughs> but uh but it is amazing when you see him in like even in top form or not even top form just how easy it looks to just toss around these other <laughs> like 500 pound dudes it's just simple for him it's really remarkable but yeah so Teru, uh, so he won the last Bacho, and that was a pretty incredible victory because he tied um, Takakesho. Taka and that was in the fi the 15th match, Takakesho beat him. to. Yep. So they ended it in tie. Yes. And was the match they had right after, it was like just maybe 30, 10 minutes afterwards right yeah. there? Yeah, because I see him doing, I, I, you know, I'm not, uh, I don't speak Japanese and I had never watched a Basha before. So I'm watching this as he's like kind of doing a lap around the arena and for this playoff match. And it was so thrilling. And on top of that, now he has a chance to become a Yokozuna from this whole like redemption story. And wouldn't it be amazing if his match that maybe clinches the victory in this Basha is against the greatest of all time, Hakuo. Yes, you just gave me goosebumps. <laughs> yes, that that is the matchup we're all like dying yeah. for and it's dreading. Like the, literally, at the same time. it's like the passing of the torch. But would the, the question is like, it's completely within Hakaho's power to either let it happen or not. I mean, <laughs> the question is like, would Who he win? I mean. I, I don't know. I could see it going either way that like Hakaho, no matter, he's that good. Like even injured, he could easily take Terunofuji out. But Terunofuji said in an interview this last week, he's, you know, they were like, what is your goal? What are you wanting to do? And he, you know, again, he said, I want to become Yokozuna. Like that would be amazing. I've done, no, he said, I've done what I wanted. I became Ozeki, but I'm still aiming higher. And they were like, who are you, who are you dying to fight? And he got a funny look on his face and he was like, Hakaho. Yeah. That's the guy. Has I he mean, ever fought it, him before? He oh, has. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, but I mean, if he was to be a Yokozuna and beat Hakaho, I mean, like, it's, I mean, that would be a, that's the Rudy moment of like the whole, yeah. the whole story. <laughs> I'm not sure I'd ever think of Taran Fuji as Rudy. And they're going <laughs> to, and the other Yokozuna will carry him off the dojo. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, 
I always find a Rudy moment in anything. <laughs> I can always tie something back to Rudy. What a great movie. I love Rudy. Um, no, it's it's ridiculously exciting. But I mean, I think coming out of COVID too, these guys have been locked down and they're so used to practicing with other guys and different uh, stables. And so things are terrible in Japan, but now that they're getting vaccinated and now they're in Nagoya, as opposed to they've been in Tokyo at all of the tournaments, these guys have been locked up for so long. And I think that just the newness of being in Nagoya again after two years, um, having Hakaho back in the mix, um, the Olympics, people are coming, you know, they'll have fans, you know, there. It's going to be really exciting, I think. I'm super pumped for it. Do you know, is, is sumo always in the Olympics or is it just kind of special this year because it's in Tokyo? No, it There's, won't be part of the Olympics. Oh, it won't be even yeah. part of it? Okay. No, because there is no professional female sumo wrestling. Right? Uh-huh. So you have to have, in order for it to be an Olympic sport, you have to have men and women be able to compete in uh. it. And right now, professional sumo is only available for men. Yeah, women are forbidden in the dojo. Yeah, we can't even step in the ring. Because we're so dirty. <laughs> <laughs> we just ruined the place just with our- With your fingers, lady, the spirits, I guess. Lady, yes, our lady yeah. selves, yeah. yeah. No, but um, amateur wise, um, that's what the tournament that we went to and that, yeah. that's why it was really interesting because there were women who are there and the numbers are low, like lower here. But if you are tracking amateur sumo all over the world, Russia, Eastern Europe, they, mm. they're training up their ladies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so when the ladies can get all trained up, then the men might actually get to compete because the, the key to getting sumo into the Olympics is the women. So um, it seems to be happening. I, we think it's still a long way off, but um, if if women can compete in in amateur sumo and do well, then they think, hey. Th- but I think it's like a. Who was telling me that it's like six years away? It's like you have to start planning for new sports in Olympics, and uh, it's it takes like years and years and years to be able to get a sport approved. Um, so it, it'll still take a while. Yeah, I saw I that. I don't know who that was that was telling me. It was just someone. <laughs> someone sure said. They were really, just someone. I'm sure they were really knowledgeable. Yeah, probably, yeah. The owner of the Olympics. Yes, yeah. the Olympics owner. <laughs> no, I saw your video in Austin, and um, you were interviewing some women sumo wrestlers, and, there, and someone you interviewed was saying how, like, if, if you want to, do this we like well we're so supportive and welcome you with open arms because there probably are just so few women out there who are participating in this Mm -hmm. yeah but there are women in every club there are actually more clubs than you would know about i mean in hawaii it's obviously quite a big deal just because hawaii and japan share so Mm -hmm. much culturally um but in la they have a big club and then there's like little satellite clubs i mean in in texas we have one in dallas we have one in um San Antonio and one in Austin. And uh, we also have like Ohio, we have Florida, Florida, yeah, New Jersey. And um, I think there's women in each yeah, of those clubs. Like all their photos typically have women. But the cool thing is, is the people that are involved um, are awesome people. And it's really like a fun, it, it, you sense like a real camaraderie and a real friendship and a lot of support for the people who are, who end up finding Sumo. They're, it seems like everyone is like kind of best friends with their their club mates um, and they travel everywhere and compete together. So it's I, it's really neat for the people who who do sumo. Yeah, when you butt heads with somebody, it's a bond that could, like yeah, I, other people don't understand. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Your lives will never be the same. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine doing that? I know. No. Uh, no. No. Yeah. But somebody does for our entertainment. <laughs> yes. Bless, bless you, Hakuo. Yeah. <laughs> Dan, I know last time you were on, you were mentioning that uh, Wakataka is your favorite. Is that I like Wakataka yeah. Kage a lot. Yeah. So, so what is it about him that is so makes him so popular? He, I, you, you two will probably be able to enunciate this better than I ever could. But what I like about Wakataka Kage, what I like watching him is you can feel he has this energy that he brings. And before the Tachiai, he's, 
he's there and he's sizing up his opponent and he has these little yeah, the head mm-hmm. he's, yeah. he has this head thing that is like i imagine he's psyching himself up he's trying to psych his opponent out trying to be unpredictable so they don't know what he's going to do and his he's nimble and he's strong and mm-hmm. i i just find him unpredictable and so fun to watch i i yeah i my knowledge is is not deep enough to be able to speak about it in more than that you know <laughs> but he's um, nimble I t- yeah he no, you got it when when people start watching sumo the first thing they do is they pick their wrestler yeah. usually the wrestler that for some reason the they gateway love. drug yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, <they laughs> and usually it, like their pre-bout ritual is a part of why you fall in love with them. Like uh, Hokuto Fuji, I don't know if you know him. Hokuto Fuji is the guy. He looks like a bull. He, he stops his ground. Well, yeah, really, and he's he really hits himself and... over and over and over again to psych himself up for the match. It's like he slaps himself on the face and he slaps his head and slaps his legs and stomps the ground. <laughs> and people are huge Hokuto Fuji fans just for that display before he begins. And his sumo is great and he's always near the top and he's very reliable and people love him for that too but i completely get falling in love with wakataka kage because partially what he does before the match and you're right he's very agile he's very fast he's so fast he's a smaller guy but he's stockier than most and he's amazingly injury free at this point i think a lot of people are worried that because he's he's in the sanyaku for the first time sanyaku is the sorry the is the top um, of the pyramid, like the top four ranks within the top rank. So you get a bump okay. and pay. Like it's Yokozuna, yeah. Ozeki below them, Sekiwake, Sekiwake, and then Komusubi. And then below that, there's Maigashira, and they're like Maigashira one through 17. But so these are the top, top guys of the top level. So and Wakata- they're all really great. Yeah. And Wakataka Kage just got promoted to Komusubi for the first time. He's in that top, very top bracket. Um, and it's pretty unusual for a guy of his size to be in that top bracket. And people are really excited having him there because of his unpredictability and because of his speed. Um, and it should be noted, and it'll be interesting since you like him, watch, it is the most uh, cutthroat position to be in. Because prior to this, if he's in a, if he's Maigashira, if he's a little bit lower down, uh, in the rankings, your first week is fighting people closer to your rank, right? But when you are in the Sanyaku, the top of the top, the people you fight out of the gate are like, you could be matched up with Hakaho on day one. Oh, man. So they usually get epin crushed at <laughs> Komasubi. It's very typical to have a, like a losing tournament or to have like a real crap record because all of a sudden you've been doing so great. And then they're like, oh, why don't you go fight for the first seven days? All the guys that are better than you. So it's, um, <laughs> it's really a tough position, but um, what's interesting, we did an episode on Wakataka Kage and his brothers, but um, I don't know if you've done any research on him, but he, his grandfather was a wrestler and his father, his grandfather, grandfather was a, a, a high-ranked wrestler as well and so um, you can see just sometimes in the style of like who their coach is or who they who their family member is who they kind of come from their similar body type and how how they wrestle um, sometimes it's a reflection of who came before them and so I love to watch the little guys and especially who they who they are um, coached by to see if it's a similar style of a wrestler, like to be taught by somebody else who's five, nine and you're five, nine, you're going to have a similar coach and a coaching style. And I think his, I'm not sure who his coach is. I forgot, but um, he definitely fights like a little guy, um, like super fast, super feisty. And, um, but he, le- I like him cause he likes to take his opponent straight on. Yeah, he doesn't do a lot of the leg picks and stuff like that. He goes right in and he's he fights got, like a bigger wrestler. Yeah, yeah and he's yeah. got great footwork. Um, he does not seem to lose his footing. Yeah. And that's pretty amazing for a guy of his size fighting yeah. men that are like, you know, eight inches to a foot taller than him, you know? Well, and conversely, you've got someone like Enho who is, he traditionally. He 
He's yeah, tiny. he's tiny, <laughs> tiny man, like a normal sized man. You would see just walking, <laughs> walking around. Street, yeah. yeah, yeah. You would just smell some onions on the street. And hey, who's yeah? Oh, it's Enho. Hey. <laughs> and from from what I can tell, just following Enho the past few, I, I guess, year or so, he does traditionally very well in Jurio, and then when he makes the leap to Makuuchi, he gets destroyed and he gets injured and they just knock him around. When he first arrived in Makauchi, he did pretty well. He was very exciting to watch. And I think that's because all those wrestlers just were like, you're new to me. <laughs> I, and, and then I think they figured out in time, oh, this is how you beat him. Because he does come in so low, he's literally buried in their crotch or their belly. And mm-hmm. some of these big wrestlers who were like 6'2 or 6'3, like, are, they're already bent over in half. Their their gravity, their center of gravity is already so off kilter fighting him. So I think the first time out of the gate, he really baffled a lot of people because he he's in Hakaho stable anyway. So he's been kind of coached and trained by him as well. Him and uh, Ishiura, both little guys, are from are in. I love state. Ishiura. I know. Ishiura is jacked. He's he is so muscly. So buff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we love his buns. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. He buns. has the most, he's got the best yeah. buns in the biz. We say it all the time. <laughs> he really does. But he has struggled too. And when he made his appearance, I think he did better. But then, yeah, the further they stay in Makauchi, the other guys like kind of have more experience wrestling in them. And they're like, okay, I know how to dispose of this little guy. Well, and, and like I said earlier, it is pretty common for those smaller guys to do okay at like Maegashira 17, 16, but they get promoted up until they run into the wall of big, huge, strong men that are highest. Yeah. At the highest ranks. And then unfortunately they get injured because they just, they're not strong enough. So that's, yeah. It's always the conundrum with sumo is like how, how much weight do you put on so that you can actually fight these gargantuan men at the top yeah um, or do you stay skinny and small and remain fast i don't know but I don't know the, the guys at the that. top are also the big guys they also lose weight trying to find their perfect weight because when you get too big you have not much mobility and then like if you go over and you're really large and really tall you're gonna get hurt in the same way so they're yeah. always they always kind of seem to be working towards uh the right uh the right weight they're to fight at. So it's, it's always interesting to me. So who's the wrestler that you hate? Uh, most people have a wrestler hmm. that they can't stand. The wrestler I hate. I, I, to be honest, I don't know if I'm, if I'm hating on anyone yet. <laughs> okay, good. I don't know if I uh, have developed that kind of rage inside me at this point. <laughs> I'll, I can tell you the wrestler who I'm usually most disappointed in. Oh, tell me. I love going going back to pre bout rituals. I love Terutsu Yoshi's salt toss. Oh yeah! When he just picks up a giant handful of salt mm-hmm. and woof, they call him it the, over. They call him the Salt Bay. The Salt Bay. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like when LeBron James takes the like powder and just throws yeah. it up in the air. Just as exciting. <laughs> Yeah. I, I always like watching, I, I get excited, oh, Terutsu Yoshi is here, and he he just kind of hasn't delivered the past few times I've I've paid attention to him. What was that? Oh, maybe it was like three Bashos ago. I can't remember, but there was one where he kept, oh, I wish I could remember the details, but there were two guys that were tied on like second to last day. Oh, and he ruined it. He, yeah, yeah Terence Yoshi won against one of them to to snack, yeah. to to like totally cut his win or something. I it was an remember. important win. It was oh, like it was somebody so was going boring. like for Ozeki. Or yeah. Like, oh, or wow. And, and he, he ruined ruined, ruined the chances for him. And ever since then, I've been like, do not disrespect that man. Yeah. <laughs> He'll take you down well, that, when you least expect thing, it. Is that like, some of these unexpected, like you wouldn't expect him to beat a super high ranked guy who's in the top uh, of top of the leaderboard. It may have been like it may have been like Ted and Fuji. It was somebody. Or no, it was like Takakesho or something. Maybe, I can't but it's like 
it's exciting when you see somebody because they're, they're extra amped. They're like, I'm going up against the guy who's on the leaderboard. And I know that I don't have a shot. I'm just going for my Kachi Koshi. And then they beat that guy. And then yeah. that guy is now tied for first or has been bumped to second. And so I do kind of like it when those, those things happen. Yeah. But they come back for revenge. Those guys remember. <laughs> <laughs> You'll see it in the next, the next tournament. Do you, does every wrestler, do they fight every wrestler who's in the Basho or is it, they just fight kind of the people who are in their class? Um, they, they, they fight around them. Uh-huh. So there's a thing called the Banzuke that comes out two weeks before every tournament. And it's a list of ranking where everyone is on that system from the highest Yokozuna to the lowest Maegashira 17 in that top division. The yeah, Banzuke and, and also, actually, yeah, it, yeah it, it lists everyone in every division. It on even the lists the hairdressers and the gyojis, the rest, <laughs> yeah. referees. It yeah. lists everybody. Everyone. <laughs> the Japanese love to rank things. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they rank the hairdressers. Yes. Yeah, oh, wow. They yes. do. Yeah. Um, but depending on where you come in on that list, let's say you come in, say, Maegashira 10, then you will be fighting people like four four to six ranks above and below you. So you would be fighting people like Maegashira 4 to Maegashira 16 or 17. But then Unless I... you do really well, and then they might bump you up. Yeah, then you start... You know, like we had Tokushoryu who was in last place and he was up from Jurio and like unexpected. Everyone was like, oh, he's just new to the upper level, expecting nothing from him. Well, the first week he's fighting guys that are lower, my guess here is 17, 16, you know, but then as his, as his record goes on and he has like seven wins and like no losses, they start packing they start putting him with other guys that are higher up until at the very end he does go up against the ozekis and the high ranks and he ended up winning the whole tournament by doing that but his first week was easier than somebody who is perhaps at wakatakakage's level where the first week out of the gate he's already fighting the top dogs yeah that's what i was wondering if if someone at a lower rank could win a basho because they have an easier schedule but i guess they get a, they harder. fix it a little bit by bumping them up levels as they start winning. Yeah, yes. yeah. They start rearranging, um, and they also like put people together. They're like, we want to see these people together. Like yeah. you know, it'll be interesting when they put Takakesho and Ted and Fuji together. Whether the, when if they'll do it in the beginning or you know wait. It'll it, but uh, I don't know how they do it behind closed doors. But there's a whole team of people that <laughs> smoke filled rooms. Out. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That are lining up the matches. Big empty containers of Chonko Nabe littering the floor. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? So no, it starts. It starts to sound very technical as we explain it, like all these lists and ranks and things like that. But but I do want to stress, in case anyone is listening that has not watched Sumo before, like Sumo really is to me. It's exciting because it's huge. Huge men, huge trophies, huge falls, huge macaroons. It's exciting. <laughs> yeah. Right? It can be that simple. Yeah, yeah. The first guy that touches the ground uh, with any part of his body other than the sole of his foot or stepping out of the ring. Yeah. He loses. He loses. Right. And the most bouts are less than two seconds. Yeah. So you could know nothing about the sport and watch it yeah but you can yeah. you can watch it in english like we watch the highlights on nhk and that's all english all commentary i mean because we do the podcast and keep up with it we watch in japanese because now but when we first started we watched all in english just to be like what's going on um but even without that you could still see how the sport uh, works yeah, the the Twitch stream that I first uh, started watching Sumo on, they would play Jurio, and it was all Japanese commentary, and then they would have an NHK English language correspondent uh, narrating, uh, like, what's his name? Uh, Murray. Murray. Murray, yeah, I love Murray. <laughs> Murray. Number one ranked announcer. <laughs> yeah, he's on his own bunzuke. <laughs> That's right. Again, people have their favorites yeah. for the announcers. Yeah. yeah. I like Hero. He- I Hero? love Hero. Hero, yeah. Yeah, Hero, like, he has some choice, like, phrases that he... Uh, he calls Ichinojo the Mongolian behemoth, but he he also says, like, and that's all she wrote. He yeah. Says, <laughs> all the time. 
and it's the greatest. But he also comes up with like some original ones that are just delightful. You never know what he's going to say. I adore him. It was either, um, I can't remember if it was Murray or Hero who called someone Seki Wacky. Oh, really? <laughs> oh. oh, that was very Seki Wacky. <laughs> that sounds like Hero. <laughs> But I don't know. But they're up, they're all really knowledgeable and they're fun to listen to. And they do a good job of saying half, you know, Japanese terms, you know, for the people who do know sumo. And then also half like exp explaining, they'll say gyoji or referee. They'll say that every time. And when we when we interviewed John Gunning, he explained what that was, you know, what, what that experience is like being a color commentator and how they have to have a fine balance to please different audiences, the brand new people that they don't want to run off. And then the people that do follow Sumo that are really engaged and know exactly what is going on. They have to explain some difficult things. And they, I think they do a really great job. I agree. It, it, if you have that kind of spark or fire that you're interested and you want to learn more, it is surprisingly easy to get a base level knowledge and then kind of go from there. Yeah. Or listen to us. Yeah. yeah. Or listen to you. Yeah. I like to think that a uh, talk in sumo is a pretty good primer for any English language. <laughs> it was for me. <laughs> Dan, uh, speaking of your primers, I know you've prepared something for us. Oh, yeah. I, uh, I have prepared a little poem here, kind of in the style of Mike Myers from So I Married an Axe Murderer. <laughs> uh, so I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go for it. I don't know how this is going to work, but... <clears throat> and imagine that there's like some jazz music behind it. Okay. Wait. Wait. <laughs> Nah, that's not, what? that's not. <laughs> you have it at your fingertips. I'm so impressed. <laughs> All right. Hakuo, Hakuo, Hakuo. Mongolian man, the best in the land. You might be forced to retire. Wakataka Kage, Daesho, Ura went up in the ranks. Karutsu Yoshi's salt toss is my favorite, of course. I'm hoping that he goes Kachi Koshi. Terunofuji just might win it all. Hey, Dayamami, <laughs> get me off this crazy thing called the doyo. Yes! Woo! Nice! <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. You had the prop there the whole time. Oh, the yeah. Candles for this perfect moment in time. That was so good. Thank that you. I love really the tone lovely. shift when you went to Diamami. Yeah. <laughs> Diamami. Yeah, yeah, that was that was good. Nice. Thank that you. was very good. Thank you. Well, I put. Uh, we should have you on sometime to do some more sumo poetry. I would absolutely adore that. We'll put some that. sweet jams under that. If you will write yeah. us that, we. We'll totally put in. Oh yeah, I yes. I definitely will. I would love to. Okay, so will you do that for us, like after the Basho? Oh yeah, I'll the... I'll do a Basho specific poem. Oh, a nice. Basho recap and spoken word. Recap, yeah. <laughs> I'll be taking notes. I'll be taking notes. <laughs> well, Dan, that was wonderful. Uh, thank you for doing that. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> Um, before we get out of here, Dan, is there anything you'd like to plug? Uh, no, I got nothing going on. Nice. I, I would like to plug the episode of Sumo Kaboom that I the may be on episode. sometime in the future. There we go. <laughs> you will be on. You will be on. Yeah. yeah. And Laurie right. and Leslie, what would you like to plug? Uh, we have a podcast called Sumo Kaboom. Yeah. You can go online. You can find us wherever you get your mm -hmm. podcasts or uh, find us on the socials. We're usually at Sumo Kaboom. We usually do a bingo game we with every tournament, game. but I'm only saying usually because our bingo cards are all gone they already. They for in 24 hours. Yeah, wow. they go fast. We have between 250 and 350 people play bingo with us every tournament and it keeps growing. People all over the world yeah. play 
like wow. Koshi Bingo. It's super so fun. If you want to play with us in the future, you can find all the info on that on our socials or online. Yes, it's super just, fun. Yeah, you can sign up for our email list because we will never email you except for bingo cards. <laughs> yeah. Um, literally, but, we're like, we, we just don't yeah, you ever watch, have a need to have a newsletter. You but. watch Sumo, you put a star on somebody's name when they get eight wins, they're Kachikoshi, and you play for a myriad of prizes, including jam I homemade jam. by Leslie. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> God, you know, I gotta win this. I know it's a really lame prize, but it no, is not at it's all. Really, it's really weirdly ex- <laughs> like exciting for a lot of people. Like the hope of winning jam. We used to jam to Australia, yeah, all over the world, uh, the UK, all over. We'll send you a jar of jam if you win. Wow, but, uh, that'll have to be the next time since all of our cards are gone this time. But that's got. I mean, it's got macaroon connotations, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then the worst card uh, is they get a t-shirt. Um, I'm going to give you a special thing to look up. Do you know who Takamisakari is? No. Okay, so Takamisakari is the best hype man in sumo you've ever seen. All you have to Google is... Okay, oh, I'm, she's sorry. Gotta, I'm she's sorry. I have to go to work. But, uh, but I want you guys to continue the story. So you guys continue talking. I'm just going to like go off. Bye. Bye. It's, Bye. It's a, uh, it's a Takami Sakati t-shirt. And he, if you look, Google Takami Sakati. Uh, it's T-A-K-A-M-I-S-A-K-A-R-I. Pre-bout ritual. And it is a thing that it's it's beautiful. He, <laughs> they called him Robos, uh, Robosumo because he kind of is robotic, but you've never seen a pre-bout ritual like this, guys. He's retired. He's now a coach, but he is one of my all-time favorite pre-bout ritual uh, hype guys. It's Oh, that's great. It's, it's beautiful, yeah. I, so, yeah, for the worst bingo card, you get a, a large T-shirt uh, <laughs> that may or may not fit that says Takabusicati on it. But That's incredible. Yeah. Hold on. I am going to play. Oh, yeah. Is this what? Yes. <laughs> Watch after this match. おめでとうございます。ありがとうございます。あ、組んだ時はどんな気持ちでしたか。で、思いっきり感じちゃって。最初からその気持ちでした。オーマイガード。ダイス。ダイス。ダイス。ダイス。ダイス。ダイス。
Sorry, sorry. No, I was just going to say, you guys, you have to let me know how you feel after this. You, you have to keep up with us. Yeah. And tell us what you thought oh, about this. For sure. About this tournament. And the thing is, when it starts, you know, when it ends, it's always so different than what you expected. So that's always what sumo brings you is that you can expect Tadanafuji to become a Yokozuna. You can expect Hakaho to be there and then retire, but you just never know. It could be the guy who's at Maigashira 17 that wins the whole thing. You just never know. So I'll be excited to see what you guys think after all the excitement. Yeah. It's a wonderful sport. I, <laughs> I, I truly, I, you know, I'm, I'm learning, still learning everything, but I, it's my favorite sport probably. <laughs> I'm not much of a sports guy, but I've just been, I've been following sumo ever since I came across it. Well, we kind of, I cringe. Like if I listen to some of our early episodes, because we were just like you, we we're like, I don't know everyone's name. I don't even know why that guy's standing there. I don't know why they're throwing that. I, there's a lot to kind of figure out, but you, you will figure it out. It's, it's not that difficult. It just takes a little bit of time. You know, it's a whole new thing, a whole new spiritual like ritual you're watching. It is of another culture of another world, really. So you'll get there. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I myself knew nothing about it. And now I'm uh, covering every boss show. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Welcome. Yeah. Like I said, welcome to the world of the being club. a nerd. Yeah. Uh, and of, I, of course, am at Larry the Athlete on all social media. And you could follow and subscribe to Larry Knows Sports wherever you get your podcasts. May all your dreams be hoop dreams. And may the rest of your days be days of thunder. Thank you.